Hey guys, it's Athena, your podcast host from What a Crazy Life, and welcome to episode three. It was supposed to be a last night, but um, I was off work, and usually when I'm off work, I can't really work on the episodes because my daughter does not like sleeping early. So by the time I would have worked on it, it would have already been like 4 a.m. So I decided to work on it today since I am here at my job. But, so the last episode, I did go ahead and let you know that I wanted to go ahead and talk about depression. And for me, I want to let y'all know how that experience has been for me. Because um, I did go, I did go and I continue to go through it really bad at times. But I want to let y'all know how how, like I cope with it and things that help me with it because I get it really bad. (laughs) I didn't think it was bad until I realized that, you know, recently something happened and everyone kind of figured that I was going to fall into an episode and I had many people text me. I was like, why? Like, what's the big deal? Like, it's not such a big deal. But apparently I don't take things well. And they're like, well, usually, you know, when this happens, you tend to overreact or do something impulsive. So that's when I found out I have issues. (laughs) But, um... I wanted to talk about depression because it's a very serious issue nowadays, especially for a lot of people, you know, teens. I mean, it's everyone, but it's a lot of people our age as well. You know, we're just getting started in our life. We feel lost. We feel like we're doing things wrong. Um, for me, example, my depression started where, like, I actually, you know, felt bothered, realized it myself, you know, was, I would say middle school and I knew it all started when I started realizing like all my friends when I had friends in um, middle school everyone would talk about their parents and I'm just like what are those I I started realizing that I you know I didn't like being different in that way or for people to ask me about my parents and having to respond with like I don't know them or you know like I, I didn't grow up with them or I'm in foster care and stuff you know and then it brings all these questions like oh my god you're in foster care like how is that living with strangers and it you know it just makes you start like oh you know like it makes you feel bad sometimes um some people are okay talking about it i mean i am now but back in the days i wasn't like i i took it very i would take it very bad (laughs) i was like no i'm an orphan (laughs) but now you know i i learned to joke around with it and stuff but um so that's when i started realizing it and little by little I never knew what it was to want to kill yourself or to actually try to do it. Like, I grew up in foster care, so with the family that I lived with for a long period of time, I didn't know bad words. Like, they raised me like a little church white girl, you know, like, you know, very well behaved. You know, I would only watch, um, only listen to Christian music, only watch that Veggie Tales bullshit, and. I was very innocent growing up (laughs) compared to now, but so the first time I learned about, you know, people can kill themselves was through my sister, my younger sister. Um, I woke up one day and she, she wasn't there and she came home a couple days later and she had a bandage on her arm and I was like, what happened? Like, and then she's like, I can't tell you. They said, I can't tell you. They can't show you. And, and I, you know, shit, they're saying I can't know what it is. Made me want to know what it was even more. 
So I finally annoyed her enough for her to show me. And I saw all of these cuts on her arm and I was like, what happened? Like, I, I was so innocent, you know, I thought she fell for something or she, you know, I don't know, a dog scratched her. I don't know, like, I don't know what I was thinking, but that was, I never even considered that someone would do that to themselves. So then I, I asked her, like, how'd you get those? And she was all like, I don't want to live anymore. She was like, again, and when I do this, it helps me feel better. So, you know, that caught me by surprise. I mean, a lot, you know, especially her being my younger sister and growing up, she was the only person I had for my family. She was the only person who went foster home to foster home with me until we got separated in the system later on. But she was my person, like, you know, we grew up together. We we fought the same struggles. We felt the same pain. So, like, for me to hear that from my sister, that she wanted to kill herself, I, I was like, I was surprised and it hurt me, you know, because I, I grew this bond with my sister that I can't hurt her. I mean, even to this day, we fight. I can't, I, I will never lay my hand on my sister because to me in my eyes, she is always my little sister. You know, we'll talk shit to each other and be mad at each other and the next day we'll be talking like nothing ever happened but I mean that's the way I guess some sisters are <laughs> but to hear that from my sister that she wanted to kill herself was the first time that I ever learned that you know about you know people overdose I started once she told me about like cutting that's when I started researching about it being weird so I was like cutting yourself and then I found out people overdose and people do this and hang themselves and and I was just like, damn, like, it's a darker world than what I grew up believing it was. Because, I mean, I would get depressed and stuff. And uh, we, my sister and me, I mean, growing up in foster care, they put you with a therapist. They put you with a psychiatrist because, you know, all I guess they look at it as, you know, we have some sort of we're going to have some sort of mental issues growing up with that, mentality, you know, that our parents didn't want us and stuff like that. So uh, we've always seen a doctor and I've, I mean, we've always seen a therapist, so I would just tell her and, I mean, get, just move beyond it. But that once that idea was open to me, my sister, that's all she's ever done. And it was a short period of time. I mean, I don't even, rem I think, I honestly think that was the only time I can't think of another time that she's actually cut herself or anything like that. I mean... I'm the one who, like, went the full nine yards. Like, after that, you know, for a time, that's when I started cutting myself. And and I understood what she felt because it hurt so much on my arm that I couldn't... It blocked out the pain that I was feeling in my chest. And the way I describe it to people that... I, I don't really know how to describe it, but it's actually a physical pain for me. I'll be... I'll be fine, and I don't know why. I just It feels like this round... It's, it's so hard to explain. It makes no sense. And I know it sounds crazy and I, I make no sense. But it literally feels like a, a circle in my chest where as I acknowledge that that circle is there, it starts physically hurting. And then I, I try to get rid of it and it, it feels like it's just stuck there. And and I don't, I, I, I'm pretty sure it doesn't make sense. But that's the way I've always described it because that's the only way I can figure out how to describe it. It's so weird. But... That pain and that that feeling I would always get would always, you know, it's always been a come, come and go kind of thing. And so, you know, I started cutting and 
so my grandmother um you know they brought it to people's attention my school you know well my school got attention of it and um we ended up i ended up back in foster care because my grandma well my okay i just realized so i'm talking about we were in foster care so in my case of foster care we are been in and out of the system i grew up in it i turned 18 aged out i've always been with the state but for short periods of time i have been with certain family members like my grandmother from my father's side um i was her for a couple months maybe a year um i was with an uncle i know for that one it was a couple months um that one didn't work out there was um some sexual abuse thing going on there so we left um so it's just kind of like a back and forth thing but for the period of time that I was with my grandmother, that's when I started acting out on these suicidal things. With her was the first time that I overdosed as well. And to this day, she does not know. I went into the hospital because I couldn't stand. Everything was so blurry and, and I was dizzy. I couldn't walk and I just kind of like collapsed right there kind of thing. So I ended up in the hospital. They said that it was just because I was dehydrated. So I was like, I guess because I wasn't going to tell them, oh, yeah, you know, I took a lot of pills and tried to kill myself. So I just, I was like, yeah, you know, I was dehydrated. But um, from there, I ended up back in foster care. I was living with this lady in Harlingen. And I was doing okay with her for a while. And then that feeling came back, and that's when I started cutting again. And um, then from there, like, from that point on in my life, it was always just a, a me trying to end my life. I saw no purpose of my life. I saw nothing. I, I saw it as like, I am literally going to amount to nothing. So why am I going to waste my time here? Why am I going to be here if I'm just hurting all the time? So my mission was to kill myself. And I was going to keep trying until I did. So for the overdoses, I think I only have like maybe three or four that were very serious that, you know, like out. I was. I remember one time, apparently I was in the hospital for three days. I don't remember. I just remember being there, waking up in rehab, and it was my third day in rehab. And they're like, yeah, you know, you've been there, and you just sit there, and you don't eat. You were just sitting there and doing nothing. So I don't have any memory of that whatsoever. To me, when I woke up was my first day there, but to them it was my third day. There was that time, there was a time with my uncle as well that I overdosed, and... I fell asleep on the couch from the pills and he he flipped the sofa to try to not flip it like you know yeeted the sofa but like he tilted it so I could fall off and once my body hit the floor that the bodies hit the floor um <laughs> once my body hit the floor I started seizuring and that's when they started getting me to puke up the pills and everything but I didn't go to a hospital that time was um they were afraid that because of what I did they were gonna lose their kids to CPS so they just kind of kept me hidden in the house until, you know, everything was out of my system and just checking up on me, making sure that I was okay. And then the other time was I it was in a foster home. I, I was 17, I believe. And I mean, I've been trying to kill myself the whole time in foster care. Um, if it's not overdosing, it was cutting, you know, uh, the worst cutting case scenario was I cut my face, my throat, my arms, like I cut every inch of my body because I wanted, oh, 
I don't even know what I wanted. I don't know what I was thinking, honestly. But the ugliness I felt inside, I wanted to display it on the outside. And trust me, that was so ugly because once it turned into those scab kind of things, oh my God, I regretted it so much. Luckily, you know, I didn't cut my face um, deep enough or my throat deep enough to have any scars. So I was lucky there. Um, I did try hanging myself once. Um, I just had a lot of issues and self-hatred towards myself. Um, I blamed myself a lot. And um, me being so obsessed with that idea of, you know, I'm not good enough. You know, that's why my family didn't want me and all this stuff. You know, I blamed myself all the time. And I was so focused on killing myself that it caused me to miss out on so much of my life. Right now, you know, I'm working. I have a job. You know, I'm not complaining. But if I would have stayed focused in school like I was in the beginning, I would have graduated. I would have graduated as a CNA and a phlebotomist. I would have had a decent job. I could have been going to school, you know, becoming a doctor or a nurse by now. But I, I stopped and I just I didn't care anymore. And I was so obsessed with the idea of that of like, I'm going to kill myself before I hit this age that nothing else mattered and now you know I'm paying the consequences for that but um one thing I can say that I learned out of that experience is it's never the answer you know and I've had people tell me that so many times every time I would try to kill myself like why do you do it that's not the answer you know things get better and I'm like that's bullshit it's bullshit and to this day you know those thoughts had they did cross my mind I was like it's bullshit they say things get better it never does but they do and it, and it may be small steps at a time, but it gets better. You know, if I would have killed myself, I would have never had my daughter. And honestly, she is the greatest thing ever. She, she's, the, she's the reason I don't try to kill myself now. Because she deserves everything that I never got. She deserves the best life, and I want to be a part of that. I want to see... I want to see her become everything that I wanted to be. I wanted her to have the life I've always wanted. And and thanks to her, you know, I'm I lack motivation, I'm not going to lie. But thanks to her, I do it. You know, at first I before I had her, I was just like, fuck it, like I'm not going to do shit. Like if I end up homeless, I end up in the streets, so fuck it. Like that's who I'm destined to be. That was what my family did I mean everyone you know resorted to drugs prostitution like why not just do what they do but I I couldn't I mean I I don't touch drugs because I mean I see the way my family's gotten addicted so easily and so quickly and how bad it gets that I'm so scared that a small little fucking piece for me is gonna explode my life I lose my kid and then I'm definitely gonna kill myself so she was, she's what keeps me on track. She keeps me sane. And I'm not saying to go have a kid to stop your depression. I'm not saying that. That's just um, something that happened that, you know, really helped me to step back and, and be like, hey, you know, I can do something about my life. You know, I've always... I've always just complained about it. I was, oh, my life is shit. I've been an orphan. No one cares. You know, I'm, I'm in this shitty position when that whole time I could have done something about it. I could have snapped out of it, you know. I could have done something about it, but I didn't. And, I mean, I don't 
I don't, you know, take it hard on myself because, you know, we need an idol, not an idol growing up, but, you know, we need advice. We need, we don't grow, we don't come into this world knowing what we need to do. No one does, you know, that's where your parents come in, your siblings or, or stuff like that, you know, and they let you know, like, hey, you know, this is something you should do or, you know, they give you a path. I was literally like, just going through it wild like I didn't think of consequences I didn't anything you know I just kind of like fuck it this is what I'm gonna do not thinking it through which has caused me to be in very unhealthy relationships I literally only knew a guy for three months took off out of state all the way to Boston Massachusetts because oh he's a nice guy you know I only knew him for three months and I get there and it was the biggest nightmare of my life I he would beat the shit out of me and I'm not talking about like fucking slaps or sit down bitch kind of thing like this guy was trying to kill me and you know I stayed because I I mean I couldn't leave I mean it wasn't like I could just go down the street to my cousin's house I left out of state from South Texas all the way to Boston Massachusetts with a stranger and you know so I I had to deal with it and it wasn't until his his grandmother got involved that she was like you need to leave because one day I'm not gonna be here and he's gonna kill you she knew how how severe it was I mean I was pregnant with his child and he beat the shit out of me so bad I lost it which I'm not saying is a blessing you know but you know God knows why he does what he does but you know that's when you know once once his grandmother came to me and told me like Cynthia please you need to leave she was like you need to get out of here because he is gonna kill you and it was always over stupid things the smallest things and I, I don't I don't know I don't know why he would do it you know I've always been a person that I always see the good in people regardless of how bad it is in front of you and that's why my sister gets so mad at me Cause she was like, this person is treating you like shit. This person's doing this and you're still there kissing ass. Like what is wrong with you? That guy in Boston, I gave him a thousand dollars to chase his dreams because he told me he wanted to do this and that. And I was like, you know what? Here's a thousand dollars, which came from my, I call them my orphan benefits. It's um money that foster care gives you once you age out in foster care. So I gave all that money to him. I was like, you know what you want? You want to be successful in life? Here you go. And I gave him a thousand dollars. And, you know, I literally thought he was doing that. I, I wouldn't check his bank account and everything until a statement came in. And I saw all these Uber rides for, you know, different areas and hotels. And that's when I figured out he was cheating on me. <clears throat> and also because a foster sister of mine, I wasn't allowed on social. He, I didn't have a phone. I had no Internet access. He wouldn't let me talk to people. I was literally locked in the house all day, every day. So he, um... One day I sneaked a phone in and I texted my foster sister and she was like, hey, how are you? Where are you now? And I was like, in Boston. She's like, you're still with that guy? I was like, yeah, why? Like, I mean, to me, I was like, how is she, how, who, like, how does she know this stuff? You know, she doesn't know him. She's never talked to him or anything. She's like, dude, he's been messaging me for, I don't know how long, telling me that he wants to leave you and get with me and that he's going to take me over there and all this stuff. And I told her that I, she was like, I told him that I was going to tell you, but you're never active. 
So I brought it to his attention and he started crying that he was sorry that it wasn't going to happen and I gave him another chance. I didn't leave until his grandmother gave me that advice because I didn't want to die. <laughs> That's, like I did, obviously, but I didn't want to die that because someone beat me up because of a fucking video game or because I said a smart remark, you know, I didn't want to die that way. So, <laughs> so finally I left. I had moved in with a friend in um, Beville. You know, she helped me get on my feet and stuff. And when I left, he came with me to Texas because he told me, I'm not going to let you leave over there to visit your friends and family by yourself. So he came with me. And he was living there with me and my friend for a while. And turns out he didn't like Texas, so he was like, I'm going to go back. He was like, I don't have enough money to get a second ticket, so... I'll go first, and once I get paid, I'll I'll send um, you the money so you can get your ticket. I was like, all right, that sounds like a plan, you know? And once he left, I blocked him, and I never spoke to him again. And I, I leave that relationship in the past. I've never looked back on it, like, possible of fixing things ever, because that was the most brutal relationship I was ever in. That one, and... And this is all because... I I was depressed. I felt so alone that I felt the need of having a companion with me. And I didn't care if they treated me so bad. I didn't care if, you know, I didn't care the way they treated me. As long as I had someone there with me, I was laying next to someone. And as long as I heard them say they love me, even though they didn't mean it, I didn't care. Which it shouldn't have been that way. <sighs> so, after that relationship, I left. I met um, my daughter's father. You know, he, him and, I mean, I never had the issues where he, you know, would beat me or anything. But once he found out I was pregnant, he decided that, you know, he wasn't ready to settle down. He didn't want to be stuck with me and a kid. You know, he needed a party and, and fuck girls before, you know, he got stuck with me and a kid. And once, pretty much once I got pregnant, the whole relationship just fell apart. He started doing drugs, like, um synthetic marijuana spice whatever you call it it just got really bad and ugly you know that's when he never you know slapped me or anything you know he spit on my face <laughs> he's um grabbed me by my throat you know hold me against the wall while I was holding his daughter that happened recently um you know he's disrespected me so much but I settled for it because I didn't want to be alone and then after that relationship went on for two years that I dealt with it. Um, after that, I, during that relationship, I had went to Georgia um, because, you know, he didn't want to be with me. And I was like, you know what? I need to get out of here. I need to get out of this place. You know, this place is filled with negativity. There's nothing here for me. So I moved up north to Georgia with an aunt who was nothing but great to me. You know, my cousins helped me so much through get, uh, letting go of my daughter's father. You know, they were very supportive, helped me get a job. I was doing great. And then I found out my my daughter's gender, and I called her dad just to let him know, you know, we're having a girl. And um, he started apologizing and saying he was sorry that he wants to fix things and that he wants, you know, he wanted to fix things and he wanted to be a part of the family. So, I packed my bags and I went back. 
biggest mistake. Um, everything just continued to go downhill from there. Um, I moved to Corpus, was working there, and then that's when I met, um, I'm gonna call him Daniel. No, not Daniel. Ew, no. Um, we're gonna call him Andrew. So I met Andrew, and he was such a sweet guy, you know, always checked up on me, always called me, always, you know, he helped, he was helping me financially at the time and stuff, and, um, I would come down to the valley to visit him while I lived in Corpus on my days off. I would come down here and he would spend time with me and his daughter. I had met his mom. I had met his dad and, you know, everything was good. I was like, wow, you know, this guy's really sweet, you know? And so once we made it official, you know, three months into the relationship, uh, someone messaged me saying, are you dating Andrew? Because my friend's dating Andrew. And I was like, how long has your friend and Andrew been dating? Oh, you know, um, from this, from March to, to now. And who well, I had got with him in June. So he was already, he was cheating on me before the relationship even started and continued to do so while we were in the relationship. So I brought it to his attention. And I was like, Hey, you know, he admitted it to me. He's like, I've been trying to figure out a way to tell you, you know, I want to be with you, but but I can't find a way to tell her nicely, you know, and, and all this stuff. And that's what should automatically been a sign. Like, girl, you need to walk away from this. And no, I refused. I was like, you know what? I'll give you another chance. It's okay. We all make mistakes because, you know, me giving everyone 20 fucking chances. So we stayed together. Um, I moved down here. I moved back here in November to be with him. You know, we... June, July, August, September, October, November. We were dating six months before we got an apartment together in December. So we were dating seven months, and in December, we got our first apartment together. And things were going okay until... What caused everything to go downhill? I really don't even... So he had an issue with that my daughter's dad was still involved. He wasn't involved with me, you know, but he would get upset that I would leave my daughter with him on the weekends. He was like, no, you know, like, I don't want your kid having any interactions with her dad because that's why I'm here. I'm here to take that position. And, and I told him I get that, but, you know, I don't want to take my daughter from her dad, you know. I mean, once she's old enough to speak and if she tells me I don't want to see my dad anymore, I don't feel comfortable going to my dad's house, then by all means, I will respect my daughter's decision. But I'm not going to cut him out of my... I'm not going to cut him out of her life because I'm dating someone new, you know? And so from, that was one of the main issues. You know, he always wanted to think that I was still sleeping with her dad or something. But honestly, if you see the way me and her dad talk to each other to this day, it is pure hatred. <laughs> like we cannot stand each other at all. I don't know how we dated for two years because like, my sister, even my sister, I'm just like, how the fuck did y'all stay together for so long? Like, it's obvious that we hate each other. We can't, we can't sit in the same room too long without one of us starting to fight. Like, we cannot sit in the same room for 10 to 20 minutes because we will start arguing over the, like, over anything. It's so stupid. But, so that was one of the issues. And then I started realizing that he was lying to me, you know. He would accidentally say things, not realizing that he didn't tell me. So I'd be like, what do you mean you went to smoke with this girl? When I was on the phone with you, I asked you and no. And it was just all this drama. And so we broke up. He started doing bars and smoking and 
that's me. Okay, so I'm a very calm person. You know, I'll I'll yell, I'll talk smack. But when I'm if I don't want to fight, I'm just gonna walk away. I'm gonna walk away, calm down, compose myself, and then we'll try to talk about it when we're calm. But he wasn't like that. He was like following me and be like, "Oh, you're waiting outside so someone could come fuck you," or like always something like that. So I told him, "Leave me alone, or I'm gonna swing at you." And you know, he kept pushing my buttons. He followed me inside, followed me back outside, and he was like, "Hit me! I know you want to do it." So I was like, "Bet!" And I that was the first time I've laid my hands on someone. And I don't know if it was the rush in that moment, like the power that I felt, that from then I started hitting him. Anytime he would piss me off, I was like, there's no point in fight. I'm just going to start squaring up with him. But he wouldn't let himself either. It wasn't like I was beating the shit out of him. He's curled up in a ball, you know. You know, he'll hold me in a fucking chokehold or some shit. You know, like we'll be going at it with each other. And that's when I realized it wasn't healthy. I was like, I'm a, my, for my daughter to see that, that's not okay. I shouldn't have to even be in that position where I have to square up with a nigga. Like, <laughs> that's not a relationship. So, you know, I, I brought it to his attention. I was like, I don't care what you say to me. You can follow me around. And I just pretty much learned to just shut up and, and let him talk. So that's what I did. Until he started, the first time he laid his hand on me, when he slapped me, was, I guess, that moment of power for him. And ever since that day, there wasn't a day that when we would fight, he would lay his hands on me. He let um he let one of his friends point a gun at me. They're all they're all fucked up on I don't know what I know they do bars coke they did all this stuff, and he let his friend point a gun at me. And well, I'm real ballsy when I'm angry, so I'm just like do it. Like I walked up to his gun and I was like do it. Like I am not gonna fucking back down. But his um my ex's brother had got it, you know got in. He was like calm down Cynthia, no he'll do it and. And all this, so, you know, that I had gotten surgery. The same day of my surgery, we got into a fist fight because I don't, he was mad because my surgeon didn't finish on time and my surgeon took a little longer than expected in the second surgery to come talk to me. So he took it out on me. How, why, I don't know what was wrong with him that day, but he, we fought in the hospital. We fought at home and, and he threw me and I mean, I was in pain. I just got a surgery. <laughs> It was just really ugly. It got really, really ugly. He, I remember I went to work with bruises on my face and I didn't know because I don't pay. I mean, when you're angry and when you have all this adrenaline, you don't feel if something actually hurts you. I mean, I never do, at least for me. And I felt that on, um, I didn't even feel it. It was my coworker when she was like, hey, what's that on your face? I was like, what do you mean? And, and, she, and she touched him and I felt it. I was like, ow, like, what the fuck? So I went to the restroom and it was where he had grabbed me so hard by my face. And I tried breaking up with him again. And, you know, he started crying like, please, no, I'm sorry. Don't leave me. And I don't know what. And one more chance, one more chance. And I was like, fine. Six days later, he dumped me. After I gave him $2,100 to fix up his car, to fix up apartment that I paid for, that I got kicked out of. You know, I invest in the wrong niggas. <laughs> like, look at everything I do for the wrong guys. Imagine what I'll do for the right one. But, you know, so I lost all that money. You know, he refused to give me the rims and tires and everything. So he kept it. I was like, oh, well, you know, like, what can I do? But um, I've just put myself in very ugly situations over my depression, over my lack of self-love. Even now... Um, this last relationship I was in was actually one of the best relationships I was in. It was the first relationship I was in that I was never disrespected. 
you know, never called a bitch, any, anything. Like, it was a normal, like, an actual normal relationship, which was so weird because I've never been in a normal relationship. Like, I've always been squaring up with people. I've always been getting disrespected, spit on, thrown around. So I was like, wow, this is new. Like, you know, I was just waiting. Like, when are we going to fight? Like, you know, I was ready to fucking start an argument, but he wouldn't. And that's why I took the breakup so hard because it was my first normal relationship where someone actually made me feel like they loved me and cared for me. So I was like, hell yeah, like this is something I need. This is this is for me. But it didn't work out, you know, sadly. I mean, we are friends now, you know, which I'm grateful for because if you love someone, I mean, I, for me, is if I love someone so much, I'd rather have them in my life as a friend than nothing at all. You know? And honestly, like, we got along. We have a lot of interests and... He's very funny, so I was like, yeah, you know, why can't we be friends? Like, it doesn't have to be weird or anything. And so he agreed, so we're friends. But, um, depression can be a real pain in the ass, let me tell you. It, because I never dealt with my depression properly, or actually took therapist advice for coping skills and stuff like that, I put myself, I made myself suffer in situations that I shouldn't have. And all because I always had a bad mentality. It was always like, therapists don't care. They just want to get paid. You know, they say what they got to say to get the hour over. Or same with psychiatrists. You know, they get money off of the shit they prescribe. Like, I've never stayed on my meds. But recently, I, I kept, I went back. I started taking my meds. And it really helped because, as y'all know, in one of my episodes, I started breaking down. I was so bad before. Like, I couldn't even talk. My sister would say, like, hey, are you okay? And I just start breaking down like ugly crying you know like the like the ugly face and everything yeah that was me for every single thing I wasn't eating I wasn't sleeping I had already went two two days with no sleep and I had already went three days without eating and I couldn't but I started taking my medication so I'm fine now I'm doing better but I'm, I'm just looking um I just want to keep going down this path you know I am going to keep seeing my doctors and stuff because it honestly is a very big help, and I know a lot of us don't want to seek help, but sometimes it's what we need. And I'll be right back because I have a customer. Hey guys, I'm back. So back to the depression topic. I'm so sorry. Um, yeah, so it's just, on my behalf, I really do think therapy and... Um, I don't I don't think everyone needs meds. I think I think I do for now. You know, eventually I think I need them now because I'm still trying to discover the root of my problems. I'm still trying to come into terms and acceptance with it. So in the meantime, you know, I do think I need something to keep me okay. But once I, you know, my therapy is going better. I've been I've been in it for a while. I'm understanding how to handle myself and accept everything you know i do eventually want to start weaning off of the the medication you know they they offered me like you know a lot of people like taking um adderall xanax or i don't know what they're for but you know i was taking something similar to adderall but i i cut off everything i told them i just need something for my depression because i know for a fact my depression triggers everything else my depression will start triggering my anxiety. My anxiety from there just keeps going. It's it's always something, you know? And um, so right now, you know, I am okay taking the medication. But eventually I do want to start weaning off once I've learned to 
be okay with my past and um, accept it. Because right now there's a lot of things I haven't accepted and that's another reason I'm having the podcast because I feel like if I say all of these things that happened to me out loud, I'll accept it as reality. I'll, I'll accept that it happened and I'll just continue to move forward. Um, I wouldn't... Okay, let me see. So not episode four, but on the 26th of this month, I am going to be making an episode. And it's going to be about rape. It's going to be about rape and it's going to be... Um, I don't want anyone to get triggered, obviously, but it is something that happened to me, something that affects me to this day. And the reason I want to talk about it on the 26th is because there's going to be something happening on the 26th that um, it just feels right, you know, and this is something very personal. And, you know, I understand after this episode that people might look at me differently, but I'm okay. I'm trying to be okay to come. I want to be okay with that. Because it is something that happened to me that is, isn't my fault. And I need to come to terms with. I need to accept it. It happened and there's nothing I can do about it. But, um, so on the 26th, that is an episode that is coming up. You know, and, and I just hope you guys, uh, you know, stay tuned with me. But for the depression, I would say get the help. I'm very stubborn. I don't like accepting help. I'm like, nah, I got it. I got it. I can do it. But sometimes we do need a little help. And I've came to terms with that. I finally, you know, I was like, you know what? I'm going to let them help me. I'm going to let them do their job and see where it goes. And as of now, it's helping. You know, I still have some toxic traits, you know, with, with my, my ex. You know, I started, you know, spazzing me. I'm like, oh, you're doing this, this, this. Like, it's none of my business anymore, obviously, but... It's just the way I what I am <laughs> until further notice. <laughs> but I'm trying to fix myself. You know, I you know, and I told them like I know I was coming off as crazy. I know like I know when I'm wrong. Does it stop me? No. But I'm trying to fix it. I want to be better for myself and for my daughter and then, you know, years from now if I meet someone, I want to be better for them. Because the reason this last relationship didn't work is because I come with too much luggage. And, I mean, a lot of people say that, you know, that's not a problem. A man should be able to accept it. But honestly, it's no one's fault. I shouldn't have to put someone through that because I have unhandled issues. You know, I come with a, a, a kid who's still involved with her dad. I come with mental my mental problem issues. I come with my fucking crazy ass. You know, like, it is a lot to to ask especially from you know being young as we are you know and it was new to him he never dated a, a girl with a child and then you know at the time it was just one thing on top of the other and it just kept coming at him so I understood why he felt overwhelmed in the moment did I understand it no I didn't that's why I spasmed that's why I like went off on him but once I calmed down and I thought about it, I was like he had every right to make that decision every right to and there was nothing wrong with him for doing that. And I should have handled it better. I should have I should have tried to understand him instead of automatically going off saying all this unnecessary stuff. You know, but we all make mistakes. You know, and and I apologized because I know it was wrong. But depression is a 
bitch. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> and you could pretend you're fine all along. It's going to catch up to you. It will. I promise you. Coming from some coming from someone who struggled so bad with their depression was always like, you know, if I ignore it, if I keep it in the back of my head and act like everything's fine, I'm going to be fine. It doesn't work that way. It really doesn't. It can it can work temporarily. But when it hits you again, it's going to be very hard to get out of. Just get the help. That's that's literally the best advice I could give on that is get the help that we all fight. <laughs> get the help. <laughs> see a therapist. Even if you can't see a therapist, someone you trust, someone that you know you can talk to about serious things that, you know, are causing your depression. Someone to talk to is fine. It doesn't have to be a, a licensed therapist. I mean, you know, it's it's good. You know, they know what they're doing. They have good feedback. But if you can't afford one or, or you know, that's just not an option for you, you're not open to that idea, having a support system is beyond amazing. And that was one of my issues too. I've never had a support system, so... I was my judge and my own jury. So, you know, I was like, all in favor for killing yourself? I. So, you know, there I went. And that wasn't it, you know? Because every time that I brought it to someone else's attention, they automatically, real quick, no, like, what is wrong with you? Like, why would someone as amazing as you want to do that to yourself? And it's true. I am fucking amazing. I am. I know that once I'm okay and I accept everything and, and I work with my issues properly instead of wrong and I'm, I'm able to be normal because right now what I do is not normal it really isn't but once I am able to be normal I'm gonna be an amazing wife one day I could see it I will be an amazing mom wife woman and you know as an individual and that's all I want I want to be better for myself that was the first thing I told my best friend I was like you know what I need to, time to fix myself. I need to better myself. I need to do it for myself and for my daughter. And then, you know, if, if a man comes along through there and, and realizes what, what an amazing woman I am, then by all means. But guys, you know, you it's hard to get through it, you know, especially when you're thinking of suicide. Because our my mind... When it was like that, you know, I, ha my mind would validate every reason of why I thought I should do it. It's like you're you're in the right for this. You're in the right. You know, you have every reason to. So I would go through it. But I promise you guys, I promise you, it gets better as long as you want it to. If you want to sit there in your own sorrow and complain, it won't. What you're gonna do is just sit there and complain, and the same thing is gonna keep happening. But if you know what the issue is, do something about it. And I know it's not easy. It's I'm, I'm not saying it like it's, you know, a snap, you know, in a blink of an eye. It's not. It's not easy. But start figuring out a way to do something about it. And I'm telling you all this. I, I have been trying to find a way since I was in middle school. We're talking about eighth grade. And I am 21 now, and I'm barely doing something about it. Is it the best decision I've ever made? Yes, you know, I should have made this decision a lot earlier. But I can say right now, just thinking about it and just seeing 
how the possibility of me being able to be okay and reformed and you know happy with myself it gives me hope it makes it gives me this warm feeling like right now i have this beautiful feeling it's weird it's it's like butterflies you know it's it's a warm feeling and i'm just like man i really cannot wait for the outcome of this because i want to be better i want to be better for my kid and i know i can be i just need to keep this mindset and i just need to keep pushing forward and keep seeking help i just need to keep going to my appointments stop you know calling out of them that's what i would <laughs> i would just say i can't go <laughs> but i'm ready you know i'm ready to change my life and this is the best decision i've ever made in my life and i fingers crossed <laughs> i'm going to keep making good decisions for my life but definitely guys life is not as ugly as you think it is it's not we choose the way we want our life to be there are some circumstances and problems and stuff that happen that are not in our power but all you can do is grow from it do something with it you know you'd be surprised on how many people go through the things you go through you know i never thought i've met so many people who have been molested and raped and and i sat there with the mentality like you know it only happened to me and i met all these people in the same situation as me and i was like you know i want people to know like they're not alone you're really not you'll meet people who have been through a lot of the things as you do and even if you don't i promise you there's people who have people always tell me you know there's people who have it worse than you and it's true but i always had that mentality it was like i don't care about those people i care about myself my situation is bad but there is people who have it worse and right now you know i'm doing better than what i was you know i could be sleeping in my car but i'm staying with my sister for now and that's why i'm working you know saving up to finally get my own place and while i'm waiting throughout that time you know that's why i'm seeing my therapist as well cuz i want to make sure that i'm going to be okay living with myself because at least here at my sister's house i have company you know my sister's there but you know that's one of my fears is being alone so living in a house by myself is kind of scary but that's why i'm going to therapy <laughs> that's why i'm trying to get the help and i know i'll be fine i will you know just trust me guys it gets so much better even if you're alone this is my first time being alone not searching for a relationship not anything like i'm literally just on my phone for youtube memes um videos like i'm not even searching for a relationship and i feel happy you know sometimes i get lonely i'm just like damn this sucks i got no one to talk to but i'm happy with myself to be alone and that's where we all need to be we need to learn to love ourselves and be happy with ourselves because at the end of the day no one's going to have your back the way you do so that is it for our third episode i want to thank you for waiting those two days and um hopefully let me see not tomorrow the day after tomorrow which will be the 21st there should be a new episode and on that episode i'm thinking of talking about anxiety and panic attacks 
Those happen a lot, and they're very uncomfortable. But I want to let y'all go ahead and know about my experiences with them. And y'all should add my Instagram for the podcast. It's um what dot or period a crazy life on Instagram. Y'all should definitely follow the, the Instagram and DM me with anything, any topics, anything you want to say. And I would be so happy to work with what y'all give me. I want this to be very interactive. I want to hear from y'all as much as y'all listen to me. <laughs> but definitely. Um, so that will be it for our third episode. I want to thank you so much for listening. And you guys have yourselves a wonderful night. Stay cool, my dudes.